Audio Hub Podcasts. Hello guys, we are back with the second season of the Mug and Bucket podcast with new and exciting personalities. The Mug and Bucket podcast is the only show that sensitizes and inspires people to win their unannounced moments. Our guest today has diversified experience in technology, consulting, restaurants and resorts. But he has found inspiration in the golden spirit. We are in conversation with Uday Balaji. He is India's first certified executive bourbon steward and only certified trainer in India for the whiskey ambassador certification. He is widely known as the whiskey advisor and provides various whiskey related services through the company by the same name. Hi Uday and happy to have you on the show. Thank you very much Piyush, very happy to be here. So uh Uday uh, you you told me a very interesting thing that uh, in India what you're trying to do is uh, you're trying to build a community for whiskey lovers and even uh, for people who actually drink their whiskies but they don't know so so what is it that exactly you're trying to do in in the sense of building a community Yeah um so if you look at a lot of countries like the UK the US Germany the Netherlands mm-hmm. a lot of these countries have very strong uh, whiskey communities okay you know and uh, it's really wonderful you know when you travel to these places and see their shared experiences over this hobby it's a hobby for some and for a quite a number it's uh, it's much bigger than a hobby and for some it's their work itself okay you know? um and in india i don't know if you knew this but uh, india consumes 50% of the world's whiskey oh that's yeah. that's a lot yeah but for a number of reasons you know be it uh, uh, regulations or taxes or whatever it is the whiskey that we drink is uh, fairly limited in terms of uh, variety in mm-hmm. terms of uh, brands and uh, i think what's happening is i mean it's not just what i think but what's been happening in the past 5 to 10 years is people are premiumizing you know they're moving to better spirits yeah, yeah. drinking better and there's a lot more brands coming into the country as well as uh, indians have started traveling abroad have started looking for new experiences mm-hmm. yeah okay and it's not just me there are quite a few people in the major cities in bombay bangalore delhi who are looking to you know take the knowledge that they have gained from traveling around the world visiting scotland ireland the us japan all these major whiskey nations and they want to take that knowledge and then pass it on to people in the whiskey community in india and build a strong knowledgeable whiskey community similar to what is there in you know the other countries that i mentioned and i hope to do you know this in my own small way along yeah. with all these others okay okay so i mean that gets me to the uh, very interesting and fantastic uh, interesting part i would say uh, that you know the name whiskey advisor uh, which you are known as mm-hmm. now where did that come from and what actually uh, is the work that is been undertaken uh, at 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 the whiskey advisor okay uh, so the whiskey advisor you know so i spend quite a lot of time you know trying to think about what kind of business do i want to have right uh, business it's very mm-hmm. young it's only been a year and a half so my idea was say i've traveled around the world you know 
been to about 100 distilleries across the world, met the makers, tried many, many, many whiskies. And I want to take that knowledge, like I was saying before, and uh, pass it on to my fellow whiskey enthusiasts in India. Uh, and I just felt that, you know, kind of like TripAdvisor, kind of mm. that collaborative approach and mm. the knowledge sharing is something that I always had in my mind. And some of the whiskey advisor just clicked in okay. my mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what do we do at the whiskey advisor? The first thing that I took on was um, I wanted to do like a formal certification. Yeah. So where people who are whether they're in the trade or really serious whiskey enthusiasts, they want to like, you know, take the Scotch whiskey knowledge to the next level. And I found the perfect partners in the Whiskey Ambassador Program based in Glasgow. And they've uh, been running the certification through trainers in over 20 countries across the world. And now there are about 2,500 whiskey certified whiskey ambassadors across these countries. So I'm the trainer in India. So I run this one-day program where people come attend and go away with a very strong foundation in Scotch whiskey knowledge mm-hmm. and where that they can then explore more, drink more and uh, pass on their knowledge to other whiskey enthusiasts. And uh, the second thing that I do is tastings and events. So okay. one day is a lot of time for people to come at two, you know, yeah. uh, whiskey certification. So this is a lighter, more fun you know, come learn more about different whiskies, be it Scotch, Irish, Indian. It's exactly yeah. what we did uh, when we met, right? You had a very exclusive experience, <laughs> I have to say. You know, okay. I'll, Actually, me. I'll just touch on that in a second, you know. So, but this is mostly like groups of like 10 to 30 people who want to come and learn, you know, in a fun atmosphere yeah. about, you know, how to taste whiskey. What are the different types of Scotch whiskies? What are the different types of Irish whiskies? Is this a fun you know, event. It, it's for corporates, it's for groups of friends, there are social groups that ask me to come on and do this. Okay. But it's entertaining and learning at the same time. Okay. Um, and so the thing that's closest to my heart, which I will be launching soon, is a whiskey tours, you know. Oh. Uh, much like you've heard of wine tours to Europe, you've heard of food tours. Mm. Uh, something that I want to do is whiskey tours. Ah, that's know? great. Uh, so let's say you've had your Glenfiddichs and your Glenlivets mm. and your Lafroigs. The, the experience of going to these places and, uh, you know, experiencing Scotland, experiencing any of these countries is incredible. It changes yeah. the way that you, you appreciate at, yeah. the spirits that you've been uh, enjoying so much. So that's something that's coming up soon. And uh, lastly, uh, something that I'm setting up is the consulting, which is uh, for FNB establishments. Okay. And also kind of something like what we did together, yeah. where I go into people's homes, understand how they entertain, what whiskeys they have, where they buy their whiskeys, and educate that person in a very bespoke manner mm-hmm. on whiskey okay. and how they can stock their bars and entertain their guests. Better. Also relish it more. Yes, it's a very premium, you know, experience. one-on-one tailored experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's 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 a lot of uh, things. And uh, you you mentioned about uh, something called Whiskey Tour. So mm-hmm. I just want to draw a feather out of it. Mm-hmm. You recently went to Europe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we would like to know exactly what that was because I was following mm-hmm. you on Instagram yeah. and there were some lovely pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what was that trip all about? Okay, it's actually a couple of things, both around uh, the whiskey tours that I was talking about. 
so the first one was um, I went to a couple of whiskey shows, the two biggest whiskey shows uh, in the world. In okay. fact, um, one is a London whiskey show, mm. and the other one was Whiskey Live Paris. So, what is the footfall so, that uh, you are saying? The London whiskey show is about. Five thousand people. Wow! If I'm not is, wrong, over two huge. days, yeah. and I think uh, Whiskey Live Paris was over three days, something like five thousand per day. I don't have the exact that's, that's statistics, huge. but huge. You know, the yeah. really big shows. Yeah. Uh, so what I was doing there was I was promoting Indian whiskey tours. Wow! So, yeah. So it it is wow because uh, nobody's really thought about you know doing. Tours to India with whiskey as a theme, hmm. right? Uh, so, as you know, as you uh, probably tasted some of these whiskeys recently, um, Amrit and Paul John, uh, the anchor distilleries for these uh, trips, mm-hmm. where people come to India for a week and yeah. they visit uh, Amrit Distillery in Bangalore and Paul John Distillery in Goa, at the same time getting a beautiful understanding of Indian culture. Indian cuisine, mm-hmm. and also the different things that are happening in the Indian alcohol space. You know, okay. uh, so you have the microbreweries in Bangalore and Goa. You have Kasulo Feni, which is reviving the indigenous uh, Feni spirit. You got gin distilleries. You got whole lot of exciting yeah. things happening, and uh, obviously the contrast of culture between Goa and Bangalore is drastic. Yes, you know. Yes. Uh, so that is something that I was promoting at these whiskey shows, and Amrit and Pauljan were kind enough to give me space at their stalls, and yeah. they've been extremely supportive in uh, this journey. Yeah. So that was one thing, and uh, the second thing that I did, I had five days off between the two shows, and I went to Ireland and spent a good, you know, good time driving around. I think I did about. Fifteen hundred kilometers in four days, mm-hmm. visiting some amazing distilleries and uh, some exciting stuff could be coming out of that soon. Oh wow! Yeah? So uh, now, now you know we talk about a lot of uh, things when we uh, say whiskey. You know, you're talking about phenetics. You're talking about you know an average drinker. But uh, you know, I read this very interesting um, uh, story a while ago that you know I read that Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Was buried uh, with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Now, if I were to believe, if uh, you have that choice of being San, uh, Frank Sinatra, mm. what would you take along with you? Oh, that's a tough <laughs> question. Um, actually, just talking about Sinatra for a second, I what I believe is, uh, in fact, I heard the master distiller for Jack Daniels saying this that back then they used to have a brand rep. Who used to travel around with Frank Sinatra? Who used to make sure that he always had the bottle of whiskey that he wanted? You okay, know, okay, I didn't know. So he's constantly yeah. supplied. I mean, that's a luxury, wouldn't yeah, you say? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for me, you know, you've probably seen this on my website also, right? Uh, for me, my most enduring moment of uh, whiskey is always going to be um, from my granddad. So he was always the biggest. Fan of Glenfiddich, and I'm talking about 25 years ago. Right, okay. so the evening spent at his house with him enjoying that you know dram of um, Glenfiddich in the evening, talking with his kids, his grandkids, us, me included. Um, and that always left you know a mark on me. Yeah, you know. Uh, 
So yeah, Glenfiddich 12 for sure is, you know, my okay. closest to my heart. Is it the whiskey that I enjoy the most? No. Uh-huh. But uh, is it the whiskey that means the most to me that has left an indelible mark? Absolutely. Okay. So when did you first taste your whiskey? Was it the Eureka moment or the, you know like yeah I love my whiskey at the first sip or did it gradually grow on you? Um considering the fact that I don't remember when I took my first sip of whiskey, uh it yeah it wasn't a Eureka moment. Um you know to be honest I started off with beer and vodka like okay. pretty much most uh, college kids do and slowly made my you know found myself uh going towards whiskey mm-hmm. uh it is mostly the times that i spent uh, living abroad um you know in the us in europe that i got more and more exposed to uh, you know high quality whiskies different types of whiskies beyond you know india has always been about glenfiddich glenlivet black label shivers mostly you know the yeah. premium stuff yeah. uh so we never had that much access as well mm-hmm. so the more i traveled the more access i had the more i learned and the more i started to fall in love with it okay okay now you need to tell me mm-hmm. which whiskey comes to your mind when i say the following it's going to be interesting old reliable old reliable mm. so do you say something like you know when i don't know what to drink i can yeah, i always can, go back to this, for right? it yeah um i'd say uh, the red breast 12 you know this okay. is not many people know this whiskey it comes from the same distillery that makes jameson okay it's just my go to whiskey okay the elegant um the elegant would have to be a whiskey that's uh, you know light uh bourbon cask finished uh, i'd say the, the glen grant possibly the glen grant 18 mm-hmm. okay the hot headed ah that would have to be a peated whiskey uh any really peated whiskey from the isle of isla um let's say artbig okay artbig 10 is i think the great value drum your partner in crime partner in crime oh, this is a dangerous one yeah Uh, I'd probably say the Paul John Selleck cask classic. You know, <laughs> one of the few whiskies that you can get in India that's fifty-five percent ABV. Okay. Yeah, it's you don't know when it's gonna get you. Ah, uh, I don't want to see you soon. I like all whiskies. You know. Uh, I mean, that's a actually, tough one. Actually, actually, you know, I have one. The biggest travesty that's happened in Indian whiskey recently: Fireball whiskey. Okay. Right. So this is a whiskey that's been imported into India of late. This is uh, the one whiskey that every college kid in the US has the worst memories of uh-huh. of doing shots of this. Uh-huh. And now it's being sold in India in tetra packs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, stay away from that stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh something is missing in you. So that would have to be whiskey that doesn't vodka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, vodka. Not my thing. Okay, okay. You make the best cocktail. You know, I love my old-fashioned whiskies. I'm so old-fashioned cocktails. Um, dry whiskies make the best old-fashions. But I'd say in India, with what you get, uh, Woodford Reserve. Okay, okay. Great cocktail. Yeah, I mean, you did pretty well there. Thank so you. So now, uh, see, you are a man of many interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from whiskey, you're also passionate about food. Uh, could you take us through your restaurant endeavors quickly? Yeah. So. I made a whole lot of you know switches mm-hmm. during my career and one of those was um after I finished business school 
I wanted to uh, go from tech, which I used to be in before, to uh, tourism. Mm-hmm. So that took me to uh, Taj for a year, Taj okay. Hotels. Mm-hmm. So I was there for a year, and then you know I was kind of trying to figure out which direction I wanted to go. And a uh, cousin of mine was, wanted to start uh, resorts actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so you know when you live in the south, a lot of people don't know. about south india you know uh, so we're always kind of bracketed as the idli sambar dosa <laughs> you know uh, dhoti wearing yes. you know the kind of unfortunately But that's that, what i saw in coimbatore yeah. well, well you know it's uh, it's it's It, a large region with yeah. so much it's history what, it's it's more than what meets the eye absolutely absolutely yeah. you know there's so much culture cuisine and it's not just the south right it's uh, Tamil Nadu, Kerala, Karnataka, Telangana, Andhra. There's a lot happening. Pondicherry, for that matter. Um, so what we wanted to showcase was the variety of South India in small boutique resorts. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the endeavour started off. And you know, the resorts are a long-term game, finding property and stuff. So we thought, you know, why don't we also do restaurants mm-hmm. and uh, do the same thing? so take south indian culture and cuisine from the south and showcase it to you know the rest of india yeah these people who think that we you know the <laughs> wasty wearing crowd yeah uh, so yeah so all due respect so we took it to pune so what we did was we started this restaurant called saviarasa I mean it is a larger project but in a nutshell it was giving people exposure to different regional south indian cuisines mm-hmm. uh highly curated cuisines in a highly curated museum like experience okay. where the art and the artifacts that we put together were carefully curated from all across south india you know whether it was paintings or uh, leather puppets or uh, furniture so many things carefully put together to showcase you know the variety that is south indian art and um, you know culture okay okay so in fact i have a small uh, story with, with uh, saverasa since you mentioned it so i uh, went there uh, recently uh, mm-hmm. september 2019 and uh, it was not the first choice it just happened to us uh, i kind of I, i kind of heard about it uh, so i took my in-laws uh, along with my wife and they were like super impressed with mm-hmm. me that day i was like dude you have got us to a very nice place so i mean yeah uh, you you have a very different feeling there like you were mentioning uh, it is it's more kind of a museum setup there mm-hmm. which we could uh, we could experience good food along yeah. with the ambience so yeah i'm really happy to hear that you know in a way what we were going for it was always my cousin's vision i was happy to be part of it was um the idea was to as soon as a person walks in mm-hmm. they transported to a south indian home yeah. you know and i think yes the art and artifacts are great the food is great but the people you know it's like you're being welcomed into a yeah, home yeah. fed food with that love yeah. and told stories it's all about stories yes. and just to add to that you know yeah. uh, that day on a very serious note mm. uh, you know I really had a different perception of South Indian food mm-hmm. like what what you were mentioning uh, a while back that we always associated with vada dosa mm-hmm. but the kind of dishes we relished there 
was something on a different level man it was amazing mm. so yeah i mean it was a good experience now since we are talking about food uh, let's get to know you better yeah. okay so what is your favorite cuisine mm. for breakfast for breakfast um i love my dosas dosas okay. as we call them here dosas uh, yeah okay. uh, i love my dosas mm-hmm. uh, but i'm also you know uh, very very partial partial to uh, the medu vada i yeah. love it you so love when it crisp. i'm staying at a hotel in fact i took you the other day and i yeah. made a fuss about you know <laughs> getting crisp medu vadas yes uh, but medu vadas and streaky bacon you know okay. two ends of the spectrum but make my, a good breakfast uh, for you yeah oh okay for lunch um i'm a rice guy so i like my you know home food Uh, my rice and sambar and i like you more yeah. <laughs> i am going to put a word for whiskey yeah. advisor now your rice yeah all the best good uh, for dinner um fairly light dinner you know uh, but i do enjoy um my meat mm-hmm. as anybody who follows me on instagram will know that okay um but what i find is you know the more and more that i travel i, I really like um lighter fresher mm. um you know fresh ingredient food i was in taiwan recently i went to visit a couple of uh, distilleries mm-hmm. you know the kavalan and the nanto distilleries i just fell in love with the food you know simple you know uh, but good ingredients nice light flavors uh, i'm not too big on I masala the these days yeah? i can get the link there mm-hmm. yeah, like i was saying to you the south asian cuisine is mm-hmm. more of a coconut base and you know it's is the similar food what we mm-hmm. get in the southern part of india yeah. as well mm-hmm. maybe there's a link possibly you know but actually what i find is as i grow older mm-hmm. i'm not that old i just have to let you listeners know i'm not yeah but uh, i just find that masala heavy foods are not my thing and i want lighter fresher you know lighter also how i feel after mm-hmm. i eat the food Okay. So anybody who hasn't been to Taiwan may highly recommend it if you enjoy your food. Okay. Okay. So now we'll we'll come back to the whiskey advisor uh, uh, thing. So when you started whiskey advisor mm-hmm. obviously you told me that you know your wife played a very pivotal role. Yeah. So what's the story there with uh, Netra and you uh, with the whiskey advisor? Uh so basically you know uh, so we got married about two and a half years ago more mm-hmm. or less. uh so at the time when i got when i got married when we got married <laughs> was um is kind of like it, it was a transitional phase for me in my career okay. so where i could have uh, gone corporate at that point uh but she you know saw that i was unhappy and you know mm-hmm. uh, saw that this is not something that i wanted to do and uh, kind of like you know backed me Okay. to uh, follow my passions and that's how the whiskey advisor came to be so is it safe to say that uh, you know whiskey advisor got you and netra closer in a way uh i whiskey did for sure <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite yeah. brand um netra's yeah uh i would have to say you know going back to irish whiskey something she really loves is uh, powers uh, so particularly an edition that they have called john's lane yeah. uh Yeah, she loves that. Okay, okay. Now, now since we are talking about family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, parents do play a very important role in our lives. So, I want to understand, you know, what is that single 
take away or a memory hmm. uh, from your parents uh, which has stayed with you till date because you know uh, i understand uh, whenever i talk to my father or i talk to my mother about whiskies or about spirits is always been taken into a very uh, wrong Uh, sort of direction mm-hmm. it's it's largely because how india drinks mm-hmm. it's it's they don't relish they you know drink and they create ruckus and it's not uh, a very healthy way of drinking i would say so were there uh, i mean this is a second part of the question were there also any hindrances uh, from from your parents um so i've been very lucky in the sense that you know um i've grown up in a household this is my parents as mm-hmm. well as you know my grandparents and my uncles and aunts and everyone where uh, they've always been well traveled um, and alcohol was always consumed responsibly and seen as a positive social you know uh, thing okay. um so there's really never a negative connotation around you know uh, alcohol at all in the family and also you know I come from a fairly entrepreneurial family so okay. in that sense no one really batted an eyelid when i you know came up with the idea of doing the uh, whiskey advisor whiskey tourism or uh, any of it i have to say uh, so i've always been you know kind of like the wild kid <laughs> so okay. my brother is always a little more on the straight and narrow and he's a good son uh-huh. so i've always been a little bit of a troublesome one yeah. so I have to thank my parents for always backing me and uh, supporting me in this journey. Okay. That I got there out. Okay. So uh, what, like I I asked you what is the single most memory or teachings mm-hmm. which you feel has stayed with you and made you who you are from my parents. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably a couple of things. One uh, is uh, integrity. Okay. I think that's non-negotiable. uh and the second thing is you know uh, money is not everything mm-hmm. uh it's a question of whether you're happy or not uh, so okay. it's always been about so i think it says a lot about all the decisions in my career that itself yeah. that uh, gone from well earning positions mm-hmm. to uh, some pretty scary positions mm. at end of the day you know uh, you got to take decisions if you're not happy what you're doing uh, you got to ask yourself why are you doing it mm-hmm. uh, if it's only for money and status and how people look at you and it's not making you happy there's no then point. what's the point yeah so that's uh, that's something that i've always been taught at home so okay it's invaluable okay so now let's know about your travel mm. uh, it's it's also written on your website and mm. even you told me that you travel a lot and you have been to i guess over 50 countries mm-hmm. uh, five continents mm. correct me if i'm yeah, wrong yeah. so how has actually travel impacted you uh, in what way um i think so apart from you know just the traveling i've also lived in the us i've lived in europe um so it gives you i think it gives you various perspectives mm-hmm. right um so it allows you to come back home or travel anywhere uh you understand people better mm-hmm. you know uh you can see things from different perspectives okay yeah you learn 
you know, best practices, you know, when I say best practices, I don't mean like, you know, from big corporate sense, mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way people do things, you know, um, the way they live their lives, you learn a lot. You learn, it's, there's nothing that teaches you more than travel, okay. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and it can be very, very humbling as well. And you realize that even though languages might be different, cultures might be different, we're all fundamentally the same, same and we want the same things and it's beautiful i had the same feeling when i mm-hmm. was in uk you know mm-hmm. i had this different image yeah. about people mm-hmm. abroad but like you said you know fundamental things mm-hmm. remain fundamental and we we all need and crave for same things yeah, yeah. so uh how do you uh you know since since you've traveled so much how mm-hmm. do you unwind like what's your leisure time like honestly for me uh Leisure time is, you know, kind of spent at home uh, or anywhere quiet with my wife and I guess soon to be my child. Mm-hmm. Uh, quiet time, you know, we love going to uh, the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, may not be as adventurous as some of my friends or cousins who are uh, really, you know, they go uh, with, the for- with the photography equipment, walking in the forest and all that. No, we like to sit back, have a drink and enjoy the forest. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Uh, nature loves the beach. Uh, I'm not a big water person, but we love our mountains and forests and just yeah. relax and spend time with uh, each other. You know, that's what life is about, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So th- these leisure times mm-hmm. are associated or maybe they have the dram in it, right? doesn't have to, you okay. know. Uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, yeah. I guess you could have some whiskey at 10 o'clock in the morning, but okay, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, but it doesn't have to be, okay. you know, just quiet times, you know, just sitting somewhere. Um, say a couple of our friends have a home in the forest. Let's go sit on, you know, the veranda, read a book, feel the, you know, the breeze in the trees. Okay. It's beautiful. Okay. Just okay. relaxing. So, no, now staying on the travel topic, uh, you know, I, I assume that you must have had a lot of whiskey tours. Mm. So, uh, which of them had been the most memorable trip? Most memorable? I could probably say the trip that Netra and I took to um, Ireland last year. And uh, anybody who's been to Ireland uh, will appreciate, you know, what I'm going to say about this trip. Uh, for, it was memorable for many reasons, you know. So we drove about um, 2,500 kilometers around the country, visited okay. about uh, 15 distilleries, some I'd been to before, some I had been wanting to see for a very long time. Yes, of course, visit the distilleries and also see the sights and sounds of the country, yeah? which I did too, obviously. But whiskey is front and center. Okay. And uh, so we traveled uh, to... Distilleries, big and small. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw so many beautiful sites, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the Ring of Kerry, the Dingle Peninsula, the Cliffs of Moher, uh, the southern, uh, southwestern coast mm-hmm. near Cork, um, all the way up to Northern Ireland to the Giant's Causeway, you know, mm-hmm. and all the Game of Thrones uh, mm-hmm. shooting locations and all that stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, we'd actually been to Iceland on a honeymoon where there was other, you know, Game of Thrones locations. So okay. I think somehow we've landed up at these Game of Thrones places. But yeah, <laughs> um, so it is beautiful, you know. So there's so much nature, so much amazing whiskey and Irish whiskey is going through this phenomenal revival place to be, 
really. But you know, one of the things that really, really stood out for us was the people, you know. You go to a lot of places and people are nice, you know. They're nice, they're friendly, they're tourists, they help you out. But these people are genuinely kind, you know. They So, like, for example, you know, Nathan, after a certain point, you know, you go going on 15 whiskey tours. She's like, I don't want to hear once more about how they make whiskey, you know. I know, right? So then I'm like, okay, you sit this one out. So this is at Walsh Distillery at Royal Oak. Um, and when I came back after the tour, so she was like, you know, these people, they literally, they just tried everything they could to make me happy. And they didn't have to, you know, she was just sitting around in the visitor center waiting for me. And it was not just that occasion, it was everywhere, with in restaurants, where we were staying, just genuinely wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's been to Ireland, you will definitely agree with what I just said. Okay. So now here's the part that you will not uh, identify with if you've traveled to Ireland. So not for one day during those two weeks did it rain, right? <laughs> so uh, rarity. Yeah, which is in, so this was during that heat wave last year, right? Oh so, God, that yeah, was so bad. Really, really bad heat wave last year. And uh, so, literally, I was taking pictures of Ireland that have probably been never taken before because it's all sunny and beautiful with blue seas and, you know, it's, it's absolutely stunning. And um, it was warmer in Ireland than it was in Spain. So, people were getting really irritated that they'd booked holidays to Spain and it was warmer at home, <laughs> right? Um, so, now, and so, they were driving, I think it was... Um, between uh, Cork and uh, Galway, somewhere in the middle of the country. And uh, we're listening to the radio and people are going crazy. You know, what do we do? It's so hot. We don't know what to do. And the thing is, you need to keep in mind that Ireland, the hottest that it gets is like 25 degrees, right? Yeah. Generally speaking. And that too for a very short span. Yeah, and the houses are very insulated to keep the heat in. There are no fans, no air conditioners. And it was 33 degrees. So you can understand the pain, right? And uh, so people are really excited, but they don't know know what to do with this heat. And the craziest thing that we heard on the radio was the roads are melting. And we're like, oh my God, people are really going crazy now, you know. Okay, yeah, we get it. It's hot. And uh, so then driving about five kilometers in, we actually saw this. Mm -hmm. The asphalt was melting on the road. I've never seen this in my life. I don't know, maybe because it's so far north and, you know, the... Yeah, it's Sun because of sharper. the geographical uh, yeah. positioning. It yeah. actually happened. So this is a story that, you know, we've told so many people and never tire. It is just the most incredible combination of experiences on that trip and someone to share it with. Uh, because I've tra- I've driven, you know, a couple of thousand kilometers across Scotland on my own and, you know, in the fall with snow-capped mountains and beautiful places. But all- it's always nice to have someone to share it with. And... Uh, Crazy experience, you know, uh, great whiskey, wonderful people, amazing scenery and uh, unbelievable heat and melting roads. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, so that's the memory to cherish absolutely, for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, before we go to our mug and bucket question, lastly, I'd like to ask you a few things so that we can understand you a bit better. So what I'll do is I'll say a few things and you have to tell us your preferences. Okay. So, books or music? 
books please recommend the title so lately i've been reading mostly whiskey books so uh, apart from that yeah <laughs> okay i'll give you a whiskey book recommendation also uh, the whiskey bible by dave brown great uh-huh. book um the i think one book that's always uh, kind of been special to me because i read this when uh, i was quite young and i watched a movie also that went with it is a city of joy okay it's a very beautiful uh, story about how a, it's a true story about okay. how a polish priest moved to calcutta and you know the good he did mm-hmm. very interesting book okay uh, laundry or dishes worse chore dishes any day <laughs> okay uh, couch or recliner your way to relax recliner uh, shoes or chappal when you're going out shoes uh lerel or lux bathing preferences <laughs> uh, lux okay and that tells a lot about you when you say lux i am judging you right now <laughs> okay so now uh, the mug and bucket question uh, so uday you have come a long way mm-hmm. and while we were discussing this you know you told me a big journey not big per se but uh, in the sense that you have hopped a lot um, and you know you've seen some ups and downs so i would like to know what was your mug and bucket moment which uh, <coughs> led to who you are okay um it is actually a fairly um you know okay let's just have to step back a little bit in terms of what my um, you know kind of like passions are mm-hmm. right so whiskey honestly was not my passion for the longest time you know i used to drink it enjoy it so it is always kind of around um i think maybe my first kind of semi mug and bucket Uh, moment was uh, when I decided after my masters that I wanted to do tourism, so that led me in a certain way. That was uh, Taj, and then you know the restaurants and resorts and stuff. And um, so, as I told you earlier, so the restaurants and resorts are always it's my cousin's baby, mm. and I used to run the business. Mm. And uh, so when we got married, uh, so the idea was so this. so he wanted me to move into a larger business city then uh you know take on more responsibility and then with the with the marriage and you know there's going to be a baby coming and which a lot loves. of other factors yeah you know she could live a better life and all that yeah. stuff it's i would earn more money so what happened was then i moved into that company we got back from our honeymoon and all that came back moved to the corporate I spent one week there, and I realized, you know, frankly, the first day itself, I realized I don't want to do this again. What you know? was the corporate job about? Um, uh, it was uh, you know, corporate strategy, evaluating opportunities, possibly looking at mergers and acquisitions, and it's a whole different thing. You know, it's quite a, in terms of the responsibility and the possible upside in that position was amazing you know any young person would love that opportunity so it's given a fantastic opportunity but that's me again right like i was talking again talking about earlier uh it might be a great opportunity it might give me a lot of money but is that going to make me happy no okay right so i figured that out in my first day itself but i thought okay i'll stick it out and uh, netra being netra noticed what was yeah. happening i didn't have to tell her anything really uh, so she got it out of me and wanted like you know okay what's going on and you know so we kind of talked about it and 
that you know this is i don't think this is going to make me happy in the long run you know i would have traveled the world with the job and all that but you know i'll travel the world for whiskey i would love it you yeah. know but travel the world for uh, you know engineering components mm. not really you know <laughs> okay. that's not my thing yeah. and she was very supportive she's like you know at the end of the day we are not people with like fancy lifestyles we mm. don't need that much money so what's the point so i ended up with the wife who's telling me the same thing that my parents told me so it's perfect right so it worked out share the same philosophy and decided okay i'm going to respectfully decline uh, the offer to you know move to the corporate and this go out and and to be perfectly honest i had not completely decided that i was going to come up with a whiskey advisor okay but i knew i wanted to do whiskey and i knew i wanted to do tourism okay and it evolved you know okay. and uh, kind of i guess the first ad- idea for me was to do whiskey tourism that's kind of where this started mm. uh, but you know business ideas change it evolves and I, and i love teaching i love sharing knowledge mm-hmm. uh, and that's pretty that's much how, how the whiskey advisor was born yeah okay i mean fairly uh, you know a, a lot of people should take a lot of inspiration from it because they keep doing their job mm-hmm. uh, but hardly you know everyone has dreams at the end of the day but when you act on it mm-hmm. is the only time that you can actually uh you know uh, go on the path of fulfilling your dreams like i say you know i have also written it on my facebook uh, thing karne se hota hai i totally yeah. agree but i'll also say one thing you know i've been given the luxury to do that okay. right so not a whole lot of people have that opportunity but i think it's very courageous uh to even make small changes you know mm. you don't have to like quit your job and go out and say i'm going to completely do and something completely different mm. when you cannot financially afford it yeah, right yeah. fortunately at least in the short term i can so i okay. can do these things okay. you know uh, so i just think it has to be said because it's something that i'm thankful for okay okay so that was a very uh, interesting mug and bucket uh, fairly common as well in the sense that you know you chose to act on it mm-hmm. so uh, we move to the last section uh, which we call maybe prime minister yep. so uh, tell us that one thing that you would like to change in india if you become the prime minister what is what is it wow how long do we have on the show yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just have to tell me one thing on that yeah you know wow uh, i could go on rants you know but i'll try so not one, to one, you know? one. uh so i think hmm where do i start um you know i think what's really lacking um and is getting worse in my opinion really is uh, there's a general lack of courtesy you know there's a lack of uh, there's a very there's a certain selfishness that i see across the board you know whether it's um, when you're driving on the road or whether it's how your neighbors are whether you're standing in queues mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's the biggest basic thing basic civic sense yeah basic yeah that's, that's one way to put it is basic civic sense and uh courtesy i think courtesy is courtesy and basic decency is being lost as we are you know growing everybody is in a hurry everybody is chasing things nobody cares about how they are impacting 
the person next to them whether the person in line the person who's um, you know the neighbor or who's driving a car in fact today i was driving and this guy cut me off and he tried to push me onto the lane that a bus was coming in and like what's going on you know why would anybody do that yeah so anyway so in order to be constructive right so what i believe is kids need to be from a very young age taught taught about courtesy they should be taught about how to be a better citizen how to be conscious of the impact that they are having on their fellow men you know i think that's very important yeah. it might seem like something very small but the reality of it is it will take care of a lot of problems you know mm-hmm. it'll take care of traffic it will take care of things one of my biggest pet peeves is noise pollution okay. you know uh if you really cared about your neighbor and not just about yourself you won't be blaring music you won't be throwing trash you know garbage on the street it's a lot of things it's yeah, it's yeah. amazing how the basic courtesy and decency is missing and civic sense can change our country and change the way the way we live so that's what you would like to change yeah okay that's a fantastic answer and uh, okay. that's uh, the end of the show it's a good place to end the show so thank you so much for joining us and thank you very uh, much. for the listeners until next time love you and keep listening thank you so much thank you